Once again, the No Chill Podcast is brought to you by Life Recovery Water, offering up three tasty thirst-quenching blends guaranteed to refuel your body while satisfying your palate. All three flavors rehydrate the body with the necessary electrolytes such as potassium, magnesium, phosphorus, and calcium. These electrolyte properties are vital to any athlete or sports enthusiast after a tough workout or training session. Replenishing the body with an all-natural product is always the best form of recovery. Life Recovery Water. Go get some today. On this episode of the No Chill Podcast, we get into what it takes to play in the college game as it compares to the pro level. This dynamic young Duke team is turning heads early, and we're also being introduced to a new Coach K. As for Zion Williamson, he has exceeded early expectations, but Gil has some questions about his game translating to the NBA. We also take a look at the option of a year in the G League with a $125,000 contract for top prospects as opposed to a year in college. Is it actually a good deal, or are you better off with a year on campus? Speaking of staying on campus, we look at the return of LaMelo Ball to a high school squad. For Gil, it is the right move by Melo to stay on track to the NBA. If and when he gets there, what kind of player will he be? A lot to figure out, a lot to get into. The No Chill Podcast is back, and if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe on Apple Pod, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And also check out the No Chill channel on YouTube. So Gil, you played college basketball. Definitely. And you played NBA basketball. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is the time of year, college basketball, getting started, NBA basketball, full swing. Mm-hmm. We get to compare the two. And I think a lot of people see college basketball and they project the NBA on these kids. It's not that yet, right? And I think a lot of, a lot of things that get lost in the conversation is college basketball is way different from the style of play in the NBA. Yes, yeah, some, some players who are average college player can translate into superstars in the NBA. Some superstars in college cannot translate their game into the next level because, you know, you got athleticism, the ability to score one-on-one. You got to remember, if you're a one-on-one player, college hurts you because they can play zone against you and pack the lane up, and it takes away from your ability to actually get into the lane. So there's a lot of factors that go in with trends translating your college game into the pros because you got to remember, most dominant college players – are dominant because it's just them. You know, when you're in the NBA, it's all NBA players. So it's kind of... <laughs> it's that big fish in a small pond mentality, right? Yeah. So, or you, you peak early in college. Some guys just... Yeah, I mean, just, it's just, it's just, you know, just 20. some players just can't translate their NBA game. Like, they're fundamentally sound in college. Um, or they're just more athletic than everybody else in college. You know, I got to remember. But those are kids. You got to remember, 18, it's kids. Year olds, yeah. Most of the college kids are not developed anyway. So a developed college kid will dominate, you know, his peers. What's more developed in the NBA, physically, their athleticism or their technique and skill? Athleticism. You got to remember, you can be a freak of nature in, 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 in college and you're average in the NBA. Unless you're just a super fucking phenom. The freak of all time yeah. freaks, mm-hmm. right. Um, what what about the NBA game? Did, 
young players not know? The speed of the game, speed, length, speed, length, and again, athleticism. You don't really understand um, that everyone is athletic. Everyone is a top player. Like you got to remember that guy who's sitting on the bench, who's number (laughs) fifteen. He's a superstar in college, you know. Right. What I mean, you know, you're taking the, the the cream of the crop and putting them in the NBA. So it's not as easy as it looks. And I'm a I'm a basketball fan, mm-hmm. and I hate when people say like this guy sucks. We go to I went to a Clippers game the other night, and they're everyone's on a different guy because he sucks this or that or whatever. And it's like at this level, at, at this level, watching, I mean, watching the Timberwolves, right? So mm-hmm. Wiggins, they're like, oh, Wiggins sucks, man. He can't shoot, whatever. And I'm telling you something, Wiggins is a monster. Yes, you know? I mean he is. But there's things he can get better because, at. You because, get more uh, things you want him to do, but he doesn't suck. No, he's an NBA, so he doesn't suck. No, he doesn't suck. But fans saying that a guy sucks, like, come on. Because a fan thinks everyone is a superstar. Everyone is the the mega of the mega. No, you still have to fill out a roster. Right, but also LeBron misses free throws. Like, just because you are the best in the game doesn't mean you have deficiencies in your game. It's that's it's called being a pro. Right, it's called <laughs> it's called a career. basketball. Yes, right, you know you can't make every shot. You can't miss every shot. You know, but the, I think the incredible thing is when you see a young guy come into the league and they acclimate right away. Like in football, I think that's really hard to do because when you go from college, like you said, they're less of an athlete that a pro is and you see a guy like Baker Mayfield come on come on the field and just make plays that, immediately like that's that's really impressive that's when you know a guy is going to make it you know it's a skill life. set i mean a, a kid it, the the person's skill set you know it's 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 what he possesses in his game that gives him that pro advantage um you know the shots he's take how he plays the game so that's what i said he he could be an average okay player in college because you got to remember, you know, somebody like Trey Young, and he had a a great start in college and then he fell off. Hot run, yeah. Well, start. I mean, he only fell off because you're triple teaming him. Right, right. You're quadruple teaming right. the kid. Yeah, I mean, I don't. That's not going to happen in the NBA because yeah. there's four other stars on a team where you have to play the kid one on one. Now, when you're playing one on one, now he's back to his superstar caliber play. So you can see what he looks like. But don't you think people are just right now more than ever? They all they care about are numbers and stats. They just look at stats and numbers. I guess highlights too, but. Like as a player, you know, like I had a good game. Maybe I didn't dominate. You know, maybe I wasn't fifteen what, for fifteen from the field, but I had a damn good game and we won. I might have only had fourteen points, but those points mattered. That depends on. I mean, your coaching and your team understands that. Fans don't understand. That. Right. You know, and the fans want to hear. You know, if you have a bad game, the, the smartest thing to say now is "great team win." You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if you didn't score forty-five, that's a media trained answer. Great team win. Yeah, you know, we played hard. Today. You know, it, it, but the star player cannot. I'm really proud of these guys. Yeah, a guy, a guy cannot perform at that level eighty-two games. You know, but that's what separates. A, the the superstar versus an all star versus just a regular star. Out of eighty two games, your superstar is going to play. He's going to come to play seventy six to seventy two. Your all star sixty five to sixty, and then everybody else goes under. That's how you can tell who's the elite. Mm-hmm. Is how how often can they perform at that level? Consistency is key, mm-hmm. I think. Who is a guy, I think, uh, a guy that comes to mind for me that was, like you said, an average player that made it to the NBA that 
that didn't have that supreme level of athleticism or skill, but they had enough game to make it work for for a long career. Mike Dunleavy Jr. I think was a good example of that. Mm. Kind of did everything well. No, he was a Duke. Okay. He was a Duke. Well, all right, you think you're Duke? <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, he was a Duke player. You know, it's you're a very solid player. Right. You know, that was my guy growing up. He was a very right. solid player. You remember, he was a number two pick, number three pick. So you think okay? So he was taken high, but as far as his his game goes, uh, you got to go players like someone like Joe Johnson. Did you even hear about him in college? No, no. But yeah, I mean, okay. I think he was, he turns into he a was an all star. Sean Mayer in in college? No, you didn't hear about Joe Johnson in college. I'm talking about at, at, as an NBA. player. What I'm saying is they were an average player. There was an average college player turns into superstar. Sean Marion didn't know about him in high, in college. Mm-hmm. Boom, superstar type of player. That's what I'm saying. It's that transition. Like their game might not have stood out in college, but it translated into the NBA. Richard Jefferson on my team. I, he was the, our third, thirdly. I mean, he was probably either third or fourth on the on the, on the. On a depth chart of, you know, getting the ball and scoring. Yeah, he was very athletic. He was the super stud when it came to athleticism. But when it came to him getting the ball and the role, he was fourth, you know, on our team. He was drafted in front of everybody. Yeah, 13th overall. Yeah, he was drafted. He was a lottery pick. But like those guys, Marion or Joe Johnson or um, or Jefferson, they had something about them that they they weren't one of those guys that peaked early. No, they just so had they were something late bloomers that they, they, and they, by had the time, they had enough athleticism or size or whatever you want to draft them for to get drafted yes. high and develop once mm-hmm. they got to the NBA, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it is better to be a late bloomer, right? It ain't bl- blooming late. It's just it's, it's a good thing to be a late bloomer. You no, know what I'm saying is there's no blo- it's not blooming late or blooming. It's a skill level, like your skill level that your athletic Sean Marion or Richard Jefferson and everyone sits in the lane on you. You can't be athletic. Well, the fact that the NBA is open floor, Mm -hmm. your athleticism now works. That's the difference. And I also think guys like uh, Mateen Cleaves, four-year pro national – or four-year at Michigan State national championship, star player in college. By the time he got to the NBA, he didn't really go to another gear that you need to – Because – Size, speed, mm-hmm. he just didn't translate. Didn't have a, a, a and that's consistent what, jump shot. It, it just didn't. You were a solid college player. I mean, it just didn't. <laughs> you know, you're supposed to be the next Magic Johnson, but you're not 6'9". <laughs> so, so what is college basketball now? The whole one and done and, and guys go there that you know they are going to be a pro, but they can't go to the NBA straight out of high school. What do you see the college game as? What should it be? Just a pit stop. It's always been a pit stop, though. But what if? Okay, so what if I'm uh, good enough to get a, a full ride to Arizona? I'm not probably going to be a pro, but I can be a six man and you know and play there for four years on a scholarship. There's a benefit to that. Uh, but that's what's it. At the end of the day, no matter if they put a rule in or uh, 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 or not, it's always been the same thing. Your elite players, one one to seven players are going to go after their first year. It's just a pit stop. I mean, it's it's, it's always been. Your elite yeah, but elite back in the your, day your, though. It's always been. Your elite is not staying in school. What is the benefit of me sitting in school for 3 to 4 years? 
Well, back in the day, though, it was I think that was just ingrained in a player's head was I'm going to go to I'm going to commit to this school and I'm going to be a Georgetown Hoya, like Lonzo Mourning or Patrick. How long Ewing. did Magic Johnson stay in college? Yeah, that's one guy. Okay, hear me out. <laughs> How long did but in the days in of the the Big East rivalry or you know Duke Carolina? Those guys were there for three. Jordan was there for three years. The idea of going from one year to the yeah. NBA, it's from college to the NBA, didn't really come into effect until the nineties. When yeah, everyone's because when, the one in- when you're ready, when you're ready, I mean, some players. That's what I said. Some players develop better. Bird, how long did Bird stay? He was two years. When you're ready, right? <laughs> you know that, and that's that's just how it is. It's just now everyone just says, you know what? Why am I going to spend my time in college learning college basketball when I can just hurry up and play against these pros now? Right. I think the difference is now they're accelerating the process. Yeah. So if you show me, okay, you were good for, a, you know, even Trey Young, he was good immediately. So it was, all right, you're, he's a lottery pick. It's it, what team is going to take him, you know, and where are they going to take him? And then he fell off a little bit and hurt his draft stock, but still he was a lottery pick. But that's what I said. I don't even know why his draft stock got hurt. It's like, yeah, of course a guy's numbers are going to drop if you're throwing three people at him. Right. But but I think at you know as of January of last year, it was he was a top three pick. Then after the tournament was on, yeah, you know, yeah, I mean, five then, or something. Then, like then height and all of that's going to kick in, and other players are going to excel. I mean, typical draft. Right. Right. So the team everyone's talking about now, and it's very early in the season, but from what we've seen, I think it's there's just a lot of hype uh, and a lot of anticipation to see this group together, this Duke team. What do you think of this this freshman clash that Coach K has? I know I know how you feel about Duke, but no, I mean I hate different. Duke. I hate this is Coach. Different. I hate Coach K. Period. But yes. that's just. That's well chronicled. But because, I mean, I, I, you know, the fact that now he's getting one and done is so – so beneath who he was back then. <laughs> he's then, a changed man. Yeah, yeah. He's a changed man after he got the um, the USA job. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. the USA job gets him all these top recruits because before he wasn't recruiting ones and duns because he wanted those three-year, four-year type of players. So besides that, <laughs> besides me personally not liking him, I mean, when, the, when three of the top five recruits went there – you knew they were about to be dangerous. I mean, that was just that was just going to be a fact. You know, you got the top three recruits going to the same school, so you knew they were going to be a dangerous team. But the other schools, like Kentucky, to me, the the best recruiting schools are are Duke, Kentucky, and Kansas. Um, and I think there's like a, a step below that, like a Carolina, Arizona. Um, but it's what's changed for Coach K. I think he's really bought into because of Team USA positionless basketball. And is saying, fine, just give me the best athletes in the country. Yeah, as I said, now because he wanted to compete with the the, the Kentuckys, the Memphis, um, or you know, Memphis when Calipari oh, was there. It's Kentucky now. Uh, yeah. You wanted to compete with a guy who was getting the ones and done. So a kid who was forced to go to college says, yo, hey, come here. I'm one and done. Get you into the pros. All the top recruits want to go there. Now, Coach K gets to use, oh, I coach USA Basketball, LeBron. He gets to tell his little dickhead stories about LeBron <laughs> and Kobe and how they played well for him. And now he gets to accept those ones and duns with the fact that he coached USA Basketball and he has a straight line into the NBA and possibly helped him on a USA team when it's their time. 
I mean, oh, so he's setting them up for Team so USA. So you can set them up for Team USA and all of this. You have, you have a pipeline of success but and an easier way to grab all these kids. I think there was a time, though, that he saw Cal Perry or Patino or – he let them have the one and done. Yeah, he said, so, guess what? I'm trying to win championships yeah, here at Duke. I'm, yeah. I'm building championship teams. It's a championship program. Now, I don't, does he but, want but, I mean, no, obviously, he no, wants to the, win a championship, but is he cool? But think if, about it. At the end of the day, if, if this guy is taking all the top recruits every single year out of your hand because he's a, he accepted the one and done – at some point, you're going to have to change. And that's what I'm saying. USA Basketball, that title that gave him USA Basketball, that changed. Now when he gets to go into these kids' homes, hey, one and done. Hey, and when you're good enough, I'll make sure I can help you with that USA Basketball because, hey, I'm the coach. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it helps him in recruiting. So with this team, when you have three players in the top five in their high school class, you put them in the same – you put them on the same court, they're going to dominate. And they're gonna run. They're gonna run through, <laughs> you know, college basketball, uh, as they did right away with Kentucky. And Kentucky ranked ahead of them. I think teams like Kansas and Kentucky ranked ahead of them. They're gonna leapfrog them now. And for for a college kid, for these eighteen, nineteen year olds, how is this gonna change their season? You know, as far as the pressure that comes with that, and you know, every game is gonna be an event, and everything's gonna be on you know House of Highlights and Sports Center and things like that. I mean, I mean, you know, they're 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 the rock star of college right now. Um, you know, you got three guys who are just gonna run through, you know, teams, and that they're, that they're playing together is like the, the crazy part. <laughs> so you know, you're you're looking at you know the the golden state of college. I was gonna say Miami Heat, the LeBron, D Wade, Bosch, Miami Heat. Yeah, that, that version. But that team was beatable. <laughs> We'll see if they're beatable. I don't know. I mean, this team. Are they going to run the table? Are you going to say they're going to go undefeated? Put it like this. The team that beats them won't be as talented as them Mm -hmm. (laughs) when it comes to that. It'll be one of those teams that, you know, basically pick them apart, you know. You know who I can't wait for? Play by play. The Carolina team. Uh, They'll blow through Carolina too. They're going to blow through athletic players Mm -hmm. because they're super athletic. And then because they're all interchangeable players. Mm You know, makes it kind of hard to stop them too. Right. I don't think they to to get back to the Golden State comparison. I don't think they shoot like that. They're no, not I mean not, go, not not you're shooting talking about dominance. I'm just dominant. Yeah, yeah, they're they're just that more talented than everybody else. Okay. So the guy everyone's talking about because of all those highlights, we'll get to him right now. Zion. What do you think mm-hmm. of him so far? As a freak of nature, I think he's that. Um, you know, I, I see the comparisons of. You know, him, LeBron, he's the next one. Ah. There's trying, always a next one, right? Like, there's but a, I'm Ben trying Simmons to, is the next my, one. My only thing with him, it has nothing to do with his skill level in a sense. It's what does he play in the next level mm-hmm. is my biggest question. You know, at a legit 6'6", six, six, not 6'8", six, <laughs> not 6'7". If you look at any picture... Barrett, RJ, is 6'7". Right. Zion is smaller than him. <laughs> Zion is 6'6". Six, six. But he's also a legit 285. Okay. 6'6", six, six, 285. <clears throat> That's where, a big boy. That's a big body. Where do I put you? It's a good question. That is the question around him. And you can know, he shoot consistently? I, but I mean, at the where do I play you at? 
Like you're smaller than your shooting guard on your team. You one, like I, I know he gets a lot of hype. You was ranked fifth in high school. You're not necessarily the best player on your Duke team. Yeah, you're the most freakish. You're the you're the one everyone's coming to see. Um, yeah, he's a showstopper. I'm not saying he's the best on the team, but we're going to talk about him because I think there's a lot of questions around him, and he's really interesting, mm-hmm. and compelling. But you know, if you, you you say depends on which team he goes to in the NBA, right? So let's say the Knicks suck, right? So Porzingis is out this year. Let's say they get hypothetically they get KD as a free agent. They have Porzingis. All right, they have Kevin Knox. They have all this length and size. So he can play around a team like that with a roster like that where he's protected by their length and size. He can be that bully, that athlete, and that team can just run all day. So on a half court, they're protected okay. with their size and length. If you're a general manager, are you, are you drafting a 6'6", 270 power 285. Well, oh, I mean, you, you're making them bigger makes it worse. Because it's not like he's cousins and he can hold that weight at 611. You're 6'6", 285. Okay, Charles Barkley. 6'6", six, okay. six, six, we we have agreed on before we started rolling that he is 6'6", six, not 6'4", not six, six, not six, because mm-hmm. uh, we saw photos where he's eye to eye with Jordan. Uh-huh. Um, but that size and what he did as an undersized power forward. But if you look at back in the 80s and 90s when they were playing – all the power forwards were six, 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 eight, six, seven. Not so, all of them. Yes, but I mean, he would go against David Robinson, Carl Malone. Guys David Robinson was a center. Carl Malone right. was and a he would, center. He would body those guys up. Yeah, because he's he's he was he's that big ass. But what I'm saying he's is his size. Another now, one, Moses Malone. Okay, but if all the power forwards are six, eight, six, nine, someone that's six, six can survive. In today's game, those power forces are basically all sitting at seven foot, all sitting at six ten and a half. Your three men are all six eleven, six ten. Your two men are six nine. That's where that's where when people say positionless basketball, it's positionless because poor um, the Greek the freak is six eleven playing a one two three four five. Yeah, yeah. You have length now, so everyone is basically the same height. Small ball is considered small because. Your two, three, your two, three, four are all six, nine, even. So you can just interchange all these guys. But that's what I'm saying. At six, six, where do I play him? He's technically Westbrook, but not a point guard. Right. He's not a shooting guard. Like if he's a shooting guard or a point guard, I'm saying, oh fuck, this is this is Westbrook 3.0 <sighs> when he comes in that lane and dribbles and comes off the like, like with somebody like Zach Levine. Yeah, you were a shooting guard in college. All I do is just now say, hey, give you the give you the basketball. Like Andre Barrett, you're a shooting guard at, you know, at Duke. You're gonna be a point guard in the NBA. Six, seven point guard, unstoppable. So you're gonna play the one and the two. Perfect. Um Cam, he's gonna be the shooting guard or three. To me, he's more Cam is the more clear cut. Two three, we know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's gonna, he gonna play two three. Projects. Bear's gonna play one two three. Barrett, Barrett. I mean, I think. Do we agree? He, right now, he's number one overall. Yeah, you just player, in a, you right? give him the ball and say, do what you do. Yeah, of that that hardened mold where he yeah. can bring the ball up. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Shot for himself, and that's what I said. Is as as dominant as Zion is, it's like where do I right. where do I put him? But this Duke team is fun to watch. Is dominant. We know what Cam 
in in uh, Barrett R. I think the questions around Zion are the most fun to, to yeah, talk about. Yeah, because because he to me, you know who he is. He has that Barkley size um, and that physicality. Sean Kemp with the vertical and the athleticism. Sixteen. Mm-hmm. I didn't say size. I'm, t- I'm talking <laughs> size matters. I get, size matters. I don't give a fuck. Like, if okay. you're tra- like you can be you can be Sean Kemp all you want, but you're fucking four inches smaller. <laughs> That's a big fucking difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but if you combine these, and I'm not saying he's even these guys when his they have he has a long way to go. Like these guys are all stars, you know, superstars. So big shoes to fill there. But in another guy, I see. Zach Randolph, who zero athleticism, way more skill, but also has that lefty a banger could play, you know, with guys six nine. But that's what I'm six saying. nine. He's six not huge. nine. Zebo not nine, huge. But you're a big man. Mm-hmm. You're talking about a. This is a legit guard mm-hmm. who's in a big man position. So it tells you that he was probably six four, six five. His freshman year, and he was just bigger than everyone. Yeah, and he just didn't grow anymore. I mean, the kids that he was jumping over. But I'm just saying, he didn't. He didn't grow anymore. So it didn't like someone wasn't. Someone wasn't smart enough to say, you know what? He might end up being guard side. He might end up just staying at six six. We need to teach him how to be a shooting guard or a point guard. well, he was as he a was freshman. A, he was a point guard. He would handle. I don't know no, because how tall he, was, he was, pop- was as a freshman. I think he was like six two. See, so like when he first got listed, hit they listed him his junior year six eight, and I'm like, oh shit, he's just yeah. he is just like LeBron when LeBron was a junior. See, everyone looks at Google. Everyone looks at Google. Everyone yeah. looks Popular at Google, yeah. and they think the heights on Google are actually real heights of the. <laughs> yeah, they're real heights when they get measured in. Do they measure you uh, in sh- shoes or barefoot? Shoes and barefoot. When? Uh, the, um, combine. Combine. So they do both. Yeah. So when LeBron came into the lead, uh-huh. he was listed as six eight. Mm-hmm. He was eighteen years old. Uh-huh. LeBron. Around 21 years old was no longer fucking six eight. Yeah, he is 100 percent legit six fucking ten. <laughs> like so, when you say, "Oh man, LeBron is six eight, he's six fuck no, he is not close to six eight. LeBron is a legit six ten. So when you look at pictures of him sitting next to Cantor and they're eye to eye, and yeah. Cantor six eleven, or you sit him next to Bosch and Bosch is six eleven, and they're eye to eye, and you see he's Damn near taller than, you know, Kevin Love and Kevin Love is 6'10. LeBron is not 6'8. They just hasn't, they just, you know, the NBA doesn't update. They don't update the goddamn um Wikipedia. Yeah. They don't, they don't check, they don't do the Google. Like if you look at, you know, Kevin Durant, they got Kevin Durant still at 6'9. Yeah. No, these no, guys I think are, Kevin Durant wants to be listed as 6'9. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. These guys are much bigger than what people think they are. The only true heights are mostly point guards like Chris Paul and you know someone who ain't growing. Westbrook. Is no, not, I think that works the other way. That they're yeah. shorter and they want to yeah. list him. Like, it's weird that you want to be tall, but then they list you. Like like Westbrook is not six three. Westbrook is about six five and a half, uh-huh. six six. Um, Green is not six eight. <laughs> you know, you know, Green is at least six ten, six nine, or some. He is on the six ten. He's, he's there. He's not fucking six eight like people say. It's like these guys are really big. They're not. Smaller, but I, the thing that infatuates me now is this weight question. 
how to use that weight as an advantage. You, or know, you don't I, really need it in the NBA. You don't. And I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with him. Mm-hmm. After, his, after this season's over with, the, the reports are going to come out that he's too heavy. Because you got to remember, you're, you're 6'6", and you weigh more than Cousins. Right. That is actually a problem. You're, you're, you're heavy, you're big, and then with the NBA, the way the NBA is, you're going to gain weight. you got to remember, the older you get, the more weight you gain. So, safely to say, he's going to have to get under the 250, 245 area. But back to the benefit of, of the college system, I think that will help him because I think a place like Duke, they have the resources and the facilities and the staff that will get him on a diet, but, you know, get him uh, training, no, but they're, right? They're pushing him to get weight heavier. That's how he gained so much weight. Lifting. I don't think he gained weight. I think he came in like that. No, that man at was two, hitting them weights at two at two eighty five. I don't think he. Uh, <laughs> that man he, was that man was pushing that iron. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I yeah. think he'll some. So what do you say for the combine? Let's call it like he should be at two seventy, two fifty. That's a lot. That's a hell of a lot of weight to lose. You're six six. <laughs> like I don't. I don't think you're understanding the difference. Like no, but I'm saying you can't to lose all that weight. You know, you want to try to lose some okay, weight, right? No, That's no. hard to do. Okay, let's, so to lose so let, that let, by let, April. Let's, okay, let's rever- let, 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 let's let, let's take his weight at two seventy. Does he post up? No. So he the does. fuck? No, he doesn't. He does. Who? When Zion? have you seen him post up oh, in I'll the show game? You right now. Not. Don't give me some high school post up. No. When are you seeing him? They throw the ball in the block to him. Yeah. He's using that wide body. No, he's slashing and cutting and fast break, mm-hmm. and that's where you see him. Catching lobs, catching catching it off the backboard. He's not actually getting the ball in the post and running the post play for him. So that means his weight does not mean anything because who are you going to be backing down? I don't think he even has to back guys down. It's one dribble, one move at this point. He's so raw. I get, but that's what I said. I get that, but the problem is where you, where am I, where am I putting him at? Because he is in the NBA. He's a guard. That's a post move right there. Post it up. Look at that. Watch yeah. entry pass. Mm-hmm. One dribble, boom, fake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who is he doing? Who is he doing that on? What seven fucking footers is he doing? Yeah. Everyone uh, got Kentucky's seven fucking footer. Look okay, name one team in the NBA. You're going to have three people jumping at that. Name one team what? Got to remember, in high school, he didn't have to post up. So, basically, he can only go towards the middle or towards the baseline, depending on what side he's on. Everyone's long. That's what I'm saying. Everyone's big in the NBA. So, what are you saying? In that, in the NBA, he won't get isolated like that. In the NBA, this go baseline up. and try to jump over it. That doesn't work. Everyone, everyone does that. Especially for a star player. If you're saying, okay, yeah, he's going to come in and just, you know, be a P.J. Tucker or, you know, with a Draymond Green style. I th- All right, I can pick it. I can pick it with fucking pick number 20 with that. But to be a one, two, three mm-hmm. pick, I don't. But like I wanna... To be the next LeBron, I don't. Uh, uh, to be well, the next or, dude. Or the other guy, uh, Blake Griffin was the comparison. Yeah, yeah. Someone said, oh, he reminds me of Blake Griffin, but at 6'6". Six, six. Eh, pretty much. <laughs> Okay. You know, Josh Smith. Yeah, I get it. But, I mean, he doesn't have the height that these guys did. I mean, I mean, his ability to dunk and jump. Yeah, I mean, there's been a hundred of those. Millions of those. I mean, you know, there's a reason like a player like, um, was it, uh, Harold Miner. Hmm. 
Six four shooting guard. Yeah. But not necessarily a shooter. <laughs> I know, but as I said, not necessarily a shooter, but you're a shooting guard undersized at that point in the game. It wasn't really working when everybody was six six, six seven, who was guarding. You're giving up too much height. So I, I really want to see how this works out for him. I mean, they're gonna bl- I'm not worried about his college. He's gonna blast through college. He's gonna it, it, this is gonna be a, a cakewalk for him. It's you know, translating your six six power forward. Translated into the NBA. If you had to have one thing for him to focus on, what would it be? Uh, to get better at, just pl- play with the ball. Learn how to dribble and create your own shots. Because in the NBA, you're going to be going up against West Brooks and Clay Thompsons and you know the Jimmy Butlers. That's who you're. That's who you're going to be guarding. But with his size, well, that's on the defensive end. But with his that's size, a, but, that, but think about it. Think about what I'm saying. I called out all guards mm-hmm. who are still bigger than you. That's who you're going to be guarding. You're going to be guarding the Jimmy Butlers mm-hmm. and, you know, the DeRozans and, you know, the John Walls and, you know, the Beals, the Kyries. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you got to be able to switch on everything. You no, know, because that's going to be your guy. Right. I, I mean, you, you, if you really think you're going to be guarding Greek the Freak, <laughs> you know, the, 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 the Ben Simmons, the, the Embiid's, no, I'm sorry. That's that's not going to happen. Yeah, the cousins, yeah, the KDs. You're naming the best players in the NBA. But I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, but I'm naming the position. I'm naming the positions. That- <laughs> but with his first step and his size, I mean, don't you think he would need just add the like a head, like the the jab, a one dribble pull up where he can get a guy off him. What, what I'm saying he's is he's not doing that yet. But I what think I'm that, saying is that would help him. He bigger. has no advantage against threes and fours. He has none. Uh, 45-inch vertical. I'll give him that. Yeah, that 45-inch. Use that for an advantage. That 45. You have to actually get there at some point to the rim. So if you're trying to take Guinness off the, 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 the dribble, he's with you. He has the advantage. By the time he jumps and you jump, he has the advantage because he's, he's he over has you. the length over yeah. you. Um, if you're a guard, yeah, you're fucking unstoppable. But that's what I said. You're Westbrook. With more jumping power, mm-hmm. you know. So that's why I said, if he was a guard, he is a mega star. As Without a, the range, though, he don't, it doesn't need range. If you're, that's what I said. He has the speed. He has the the strength. If he was a point guard or two, and he had the ball up top, and he decides to go on any guard in the NBA, he's untouchable. Okay. Like you see Westbrook, you, you can't stop the guy because you got to remember his jumping ability from the top of the key by the time he hits the rim. You can't control it because he's already left his feet by the time he hit that lane. You're jumping straight up. His power is overpowering you. Right. He's With Zion, he's going to put everyone in the rim if he was a guard. If you're trying to post people up and you think you're going to turn around and dunk on them at six, that's not going to happen. Mm. That's, that's just not I'm, – I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not even going to bust your bubble on that, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, so him coming to the draft – I'm switching. If I'm him, I'm switching position. I'm going to work on my guard skills. So I'm going to sit with Andre Barrett and learn how to be a guard. And, and that's the problem with the Duke team is that they treat him like a power forward and not like he's a guard. Like, you know, if, if you're smaller than Cam and RJ and they're guards, <laughs> there's a. But Coach K, this new, this new Coach K. Yeah, fuck him. And him adopting positionless <laughs> basketball. That, hey, that he's, position, he's in good hands. That positionless. Yeah, and we'll see him on Team USA in five years. And, yeah. 
good things good things ahead for Zion. But like any college player and any guy, you know, that is approaching the draft, there's always questions around their game. Mm-hmm, there's always mm-hmm. things that you could pick apart for them. But this idea of the new the new deal for players to go from high school to the G League prospects that the NBA will I guess come out with this list of who they are ranking as the top players coming out of high school that are eligible uh, for one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for a year of development in the G League. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think it'll be effective? Do you think it's a nice attempt for the NBA to to sort of monetize amateurism? I mean, it it, it works because you know you're going to have players like let's. You know, you, you got Darius Baisley, mm-hmm. who probably won't play in the G League. Because um, he was also in a class with RJ, Cam, and Zion. Um, so the fact that they're playing in college and he's not playing right now, I don't see how he plays in the G League next year when he can just enter the draft. Well, he he's sort of an so outlier. Yeah. Because, so he was committed to Syracuse, decommitted, uh, involved with Rich Paul, who got him this million dollar quotes internship mm-hmm. uh, and also by the way it's a shoe deal with New Balance yeah. so that's where the million dollars is and he uh, is sitting out this year so in 2019 he'll be 19 in June and can uh, play in the G League yeah but if I'm him so he's a pioneer of sorts not really because think about it the G League is offering 175 right mm-hmm. he was 125 he was top 20 player in college I mean in high school so he's a prospect. I can get drafted 55 and still make more than what I would make in the G League. And I still might end up in the G League, whatever team I get picked. So what, what is the point of the signing him personally? What is the point of him signing with the G League next year when he can just enter the draft and be drafted? Like he, he technically loses money going to the G League because if he's not ready yet from that draft team, he will be in a G League anyway. Yeah. Play. So financially... If I'm him, I'm just entering the draft. And, you know, if I get picked in the first round, oh, I'm a millionaire. Mm-hmm. If I get picked in the second round, oh, I'm way above the G League. Well, if, hey. you're, if you're in the second round, there's a good chance you'll be in the G League. If, I would say yeah, if you're so a lottery that's a, pick, that's when you know you're a lock for a roster. What I'm saying is, think about it. The G League, I mean, the second round is a couple hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to the G League. Mm-hmm. Well, why am I signing 175 when I can get drafted at the end? And still make more. Than well, because you're giving up that year from college, so the one and done, where you're no, not. I'm, no, no, I know what the what next year is going to happen. I'm just talking about for him. For yeah, base. Like he, I yeah, said, he's he is, not going to the G League. He's going to be this poster boy. Of, but that's what I said. It's the wrong off. poster boy. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he's not going to the G League because it it would be retarded. <laughs> um, everybody else coming out of high school entering the G League instead of going to college. It all depends on who you are. Um, do you want the college experience and, you know, be around your peers and just just enjoy, enjoy what college life gives you? Knowing you're going to go to the NBA anyway, or do you want to go to the G League and and be a pro already? Um, but it, how, it, how many kids are that level of recruit that believe – Shreve O'Neal. He wasn't the number one player in the country, but in his mind, he believes he is, and he believes he's going to be a lottery pick. So he's going to go to UCLA if he had played this year, mm-hmm. and was said, "Hey, I, you know, I'm going to show them what I have, and I'll be a top one, two, three pick." 
based on what he believes in himself. Every player's got to be like that. Yeah, okay, so with a player like Sharif, yeah, you, you might not have been a dominant high school player like the rest of them, but your skill level is there. No, he, so was, he, he was dominant, but not on the uh, not on the radar. radar. Right. But that, but that's what I mean. But because of your skill set and your athleticism and your growth, if I'm him, I, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna enter the draft because I know my draft game. I mean, my NBA game will be better than my college and my high school game. Just because 6'10", I'm athletic. Once I start getting older, I'm going to translate better. So with a player like him, does he go to college or does he go to the G League? It all, it all depends on what he what he wants. But, but I think the question a lot of kids are going to be faced with is, do you take this money and are you, by sacrificing that year from college, giving up anything that would hurt your draft status or whatever? Okay, let's let's you- let's... let's, let's we're going to just play devil's advocate here and pretend college players get paid. Okay. We're just going to pretend. Wink. Yeah. We're going to pretend they get paid. 175 to go to the G League or 175 to go to college because that's basically what it is. You're going to get paid both the same going either way. But not every, you, not every player. Not you every have to player. be the top one, two blue chip recruit. Yeah. So, so I think that's what a lot of people are getting top, twisted. So if like, oh, I'm uh, – Six man on Michigan. I'm not getting 175 thousand. But if you're a six man on Michigan, you already went to college. This is high school prospects, right? No, no. But I'm getting recruited by Michigan. I know I'm not a starter. I know I'm going to probably play there for four years. I'm not thinking G League and money. It's, yeah. a, it's a different status. Yeah, G player. League ain't thinking you either. Because you got to remember, <laughs> you got to try out. You right, gotta, right. You got to try out also. So. A few players will try, but at the end of the day. College, college is not going to mess up the program. Got to remember, most colleges have more money than the G League teams. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know how the G League pulls the top top players, the top five, when any college can match them. Um, because they can't legally match them because they haven't. Okay. They can, again, I, I know what you're saying. Again, right? because they can match whatever pay the G League decides to pay these colleges because they match them. Give them, they can give them something that D, the G League can't. National recognition. I can, you know, if if Zion and RJ and them were playing in a G League team, will they be getting a recognition? No, we we don't even know when G League plays half the time. Yeah, right. You know. By what the mean? way, they're playing right now. We just had to. Look. They are. But <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. We don't. You don't. You don't know when they're playing, and I wouldn't. If I had to advise a kid to go to G League or college, the, the, the thing is, is, what do you want? No, either If I say either way, you're going to be a pro, no matter what. You're going to be a pro. What do you want to experience? Bad basketball in the G League? Because guards are going to shoot every shot and do all that and, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, fight against guys who really don't have your best interest because they're still trying to make it too. Because most of them been sitting there for six years. Yeah. So they don't. I'm pretty sure they don't like the idea that a high school kid is coming in and he's basically the star of this team. Or do you go to college where you're the definite star? You know. So there's options. I mean, you you have to weigh them both out. Um, my question is: is if they go to G League route, who holds their rights? They would through the G League draft the team that's affiliated that they get drafted by so that g league team so they're giving up that pick 
for a year that you have to develop in the G League. It's a minor league system, right? So uh, if the Bulls draft you and use their pick at the eighth overall pick. What do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. They wouldn't have a pick. What do you mean? Because they're, 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 they're in high school. Right. So the Bulls affiliate whatever their G League team name is. Yeah, see, so got sort of the the G okay, so the Bulls G League team, right? It's taking a kid out of high school and uh-huh. saying, "We're going to draft you number 8 overall based on your potential." The G athlete. League team, yeah. Right. And we're going to have you in the G League for that season. Uh-huh. Okay. I have but you this can't is can't the- play for us next year. We have to wait a year on you. No, no, no. We you can't play for us right now. Right. Now this kid enters the draft. Right? He still gets his draft right. Who? So he played for your Chicago, and then he enters the draft, and then he goes to the Lakers. No, they would own your rights from that draft. They can't own your rights. Pretty sure they can. They can't. So if, if Zion Williamson and RJ are number one and two, they're the top two in the country. Right. And they're on a G League team, and then they enter the draft. One and two. Your rights is 58. <laughs> How does that work? You'd have to give that up because you're saying that we're you, gonna. What I'm saying is your draft, on. your Bulls draft. Got to remember, most teams. Got to remember, most of these teams they're owned by multiple teams. Some are not all, some, but I said that some of them are. So some of these teams are owned by a couple teams. So if if let's say the Chicago team has these two players and they enter the draft, but Chicago's actual draft pick is number, you know, 58. You know, these guys ain't going to be around at no goddamn 58. Actually, I think every team has a G League. So I don't, I don't think they, I don't think that the, 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 the G League owns any rights. I just think it's a pit stop. I don't think I don't think a G League team will own any of these kids' rights. You can't because if they're entering the draft, they're entering to be drafted by someone. So if he's a number one player, but your pick is not number one, you don't own his rights. Which is which is kind of bad too, because you can you can try to downplay a kid's talent so he can reach your draft pick. Well, which, I think- no, which no, because the, your season will be going on by the time you're but back to what you were saying about playing with those guys that have been in the G League for six years and they're trying to work their way up. It's basically like a season of the combine where everyone's playing to just to improve Everyone, themselves. yeah. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't around when I was playing. <laughs> um, we just had uh, IR, injury reserve. Just mm-hmm. sit your ass on this goddamn <laughs> CBA though, right, too? Huh? CBA was around, right? Chinese basketball league? Continental Basketball Association. I don't know. That was basically the NBA's version of a minor league for a while. Didn't make money, so they. I never heard it of down. it. It was around for a long time. Was uh, it? Yeah, and no. that was never affiliated with the team. Oh, so um, it just it didn't get the attendance, and I think that was what the D League experienced. And then the NBA got involved and said, "Hey, look, we can have a farm system, and the NCA is a mess right now. If we can get attention to the G League and make money off of it." We'll have a we'll have a viable farm system for players to develop, and we see, see the problem, and they won't wash out see, or go overseas. The problem with the the problem with the farm system is what has the farm produced? Well, you have college basketball. That's really their unofficial but, farm but, system, but, but it wasn't affiliated. with But that's the NBA. what I'm saying is is what has your farm produced? Um, uh, you you know, we've we've had some call ups. I think you know guys like. Uh, 
Kid Ferguson in Oklahoma. I mean, I mean, you look, you have solid players. Sessions come out. It's of a there. good place to stash a guy. I think that you're stash saying. a guy, develop a guy, or someone you didn't notice, who didn't, who didn't, who wasn't really, he didn't have it yet that year, but he worked on his game. And then, boom, he sprouted. Like that's just like somebody like Sessions, that he was in a G League, and then you called him up, and he just uh, instant ready. Right. It's not necessarily a place to build superstars, but it's a place to build role players. Which is bad. How do you get tension if, if you're only creating role players? Well, what they're doing now with investing now, in now, young now, players. Now, if you're, yeah. now, with the new way you're trying to go, get some of these college players that – that are sneaky good and their developing skills hasn't kicked in yet. And then they come out of your program and you created a superstar and all star out of the G league. Now you got something going for yourself. Um, CBA. which, which, which will happen in, in, in this system because I did, um, went back all the way like to 2004 in the high school rankings and majority of your, Number ones and your top five picks, majority of them were not superstars in the NBA. There's only a few. There's only a few. Like there's only a few. Like your LeBrons and like when you look at the Chris Pauls and the Westbrooks and these guys, they wasn't top ten. Yeah, we talked about that before. Yeah, like they, they, they wasn't ranked top ten. Yeah, because you know, um, guys believe the hype about themselves too much too early they just yeah. peaked too early and didn't realize that they still needed to get better because um so they will they will create superstar players they will create superstars because they're going to be getting players that are not really top 10 in the high school level that just hasn't peaked yet so they were still like they, they were still somebody like a curry who wasn't ranked in high school or somebody like Westbrook who wasn't really ranked in high school and then get him in a get him in a system and then they just flourish. So it'll look like, oh my God, look what the G League is doing now. You know. But you know it's like it, college baseball. Who goes and plays college baseball for four years that actually makes it to the MLB? Like you don't go to Arizona State, play for four years and then you're you know, Bryce Harper, those guys, they go to play college. If they go for a year or two, maybe those guys will go to, to play baseball. But the farm system in Major League Baseball, they draft you straight out of high school. Said, said, all they're doing is just taking all the talent. It's been like that forever. Yeah, but that's what they're just taking all the talent first. Right. Before it hits the. But what that can do for you is say I go play Major League Baseball for 10 years mm -hmm. and I never really make money. I'm stuck in the farm system and I'm 28 and oh shit, I got to go get a real job and I didn't go to college. College and I didn't prepare myself for anything but baseball. Yeah, that happens. That, <laughs> yeah, that happens. So I think that was always the question around you know amateur basketball and also the idea of taking care of your family. If you can be a lottery pick, if you're 17, 18, and you're projecting that way, hey, maybe I just go for a year. Yeah, well, I mean that's what I said. Grand, what, what, I can do a lot with that money. It it it, it just the the thing is is if you're not a top five recruit, a top. 10 top 15 is like when does the when does the scale of 175 started going down you know i don't and think I, it applies to those guys you have to be at that level coming out of high school then, then okay if, you, if i mean if you're only paying 150 to 175 to the top 10 players in a in college or that's projected in high school 
then your system is not working anyway. But because there's... if you do your research, you will realize that most of the superstars in the NBA, most, like if you take the All-Star game last year and you had to split it down the middle, it's probably 50 and 50. It's out of, I mean, guys 50, that were high level recruits. 50%, and, 50% is high level recruits. The other 50 weren't. Projects, right? You know, so you got your LeBron James. We got to remember, it was Steph, an, Clay. Remember, yeah. there was LeBron James. They were also a number two, three, four, five, mm-hmm. six, seven, eight, nine, ten in that class. Where are they? Because mm-hmm. Chris Paul is the second best player from that class. Oh. Not his draft class. I'm talking about oh, his, his, high his, yeah. Yeah. his high school class. His high school class, Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. is the second best player in that high school class. And he was 13. So that means there were 11 other people between him and LeBron that just didn't pan out. <laughs> but you know what they're also doing is they're incentivizing those highly rated prospects that's saying, okay, you want to get to the NBA. We know you're on that track. But you're going to play here for a year and see what it's like to grind it out and learn to be a professional rather than going to an elite program where you go to Kentucky, you get a private jet. You don't only have to go to class. You know, it's it's a hotel where their practice facility is, where they have all the resources so like and everything this, that you need. They're I'm, not in an old, sweaty old field house like it used to be. I'm thinking about it now. If I'm a top 20 recruit, I'm getting paid in college. Yes. And I'm going to be the man in college. I'm not going to the G League. You mean you don't want to I'm not going to be fucking riding buses. You want to go play for the Delaware Blue Coats? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just like... The Erie Bayhawks. No, think about it. if I if I can be a if I can be the man on campus at a college, get everything free and yeah. all the girls, you know, whatever, and I'm the guy. Why would I go to the G League yeah. and be on the bus and be the like the you got to remember G, G League the doesn't NBA, have groupies. I the, don't the, think the, it. No, they probably do, but it's <laughs> got to remember it's the it's it's not the NBA. It's mm-hmm. It's the RC Cola of Cola, <laughs> you know. So there's there's flaws. That means there's buses everywhere. There's most of the places are in bad cities. You're, trust me, college is probably ten times better than what the G League has to offer. So you're you're in Iowa. You're in Maine. You're in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Stockton, California. Yeah, sounds sounds amazing. <laughs> sounds like- uh, the CBA. John Starks is a great CBA success story. Played in the CBA, obviously became a a Knicks hero for a time. Phil Jackson coached in the CBA. Hey, listen, before. nobody want to talk about basketball in the seventies. <laughs> no, no, no. This was eighty uh, before eighty four. <laughs> so, okay, seventies and eighties. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of guys put I'm in sorry. their time in the CBA. Yeah, uh, surprised they didn't know about it. Oh, the, yes, the ABA CBA. Yes, no, a- but- ABA was. No, 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 no. I mean ABA. But now when you hear CBA, you think China Basketball Association. That's what, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. But yeah, this was. uh, That's the problem. That that was the 80s and 90s. Yeah, yeah, the 80s and 90s CBA, ABA, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, a lot of guys came came through there, spent time there. Um, Speaking of other leagues, we saw their, uh, the Ball family made their own league. (laughs) Uh, And guy, you know, a LaMelo. Young guy, you know well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, made this move uh, to go back to college, actually in Ohio, the Spire Institute. Um, like you said, you've had conversations with him. He's got a lot of potential. 
obviously a lot of eyeballs on him because of his his family. Um, what what do you think about this move? What is he going to do here? Yeah, I'm, um, I've I've you know me and him you know we've spoken you know uh, funny kid. <laughs> he's, he's funny. He's funny. Um, I think he's the personality of the family. Yeah, yeah. Per, he's the most talented. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the most talented out of the group. Um, I was never really worried about him. You know, it was more Jello because you know he was that undersized guy. Betweener. But what did what did Mello want to know from, Mello, from you? The, what, the, did, what were the kind of things he was looking to? No, learn? he was just just conversation. He wasn't looking for anything of you know any you know nothing like that. It was just you know. Because, you know, I've always, you know, put him high, you know, that, you know, I think he's one, he's the best player of the family. He's going to be the best player of the family. And right now he's listed at 6'7". And I'm pretty sure he's probably 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, point guard, um, high-level score. Um, so the fact that he's 17, 18, he missed this year, junior year of high school. Well, he played in... Lithuania. So he went to Lithuania, average, you know, six and two coming off the bench. Um, at that point, it was just an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't, there was no, it was no gauge for me because it's like he's a 17 year old kid. They're not going to, you know, this is more of a learning experience for him. And then, you know, um, LeVar, you know, did the JBL and he averaged against his peers 39, 14, and 11. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that he's going back, finally going back to high school, so we can actually officially rank where he is against the peers is very important for him. Um, because I mean, at this point, not knowing is probably what's killing him. Like, you know, he's not like, I'm pretty sure he's probably ranked one or two in his class, but no one's ranked him there yet. And um, he has all the skill sets. I mean, he has the the NBA game, the wild game, the, 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 <laughs> the shoot first, you know. Shoot from anywhere. Yeah, you know, that type of basketball you pay to see. Um, so him making it to the NBA is not a question. You know, he has the height. He has the ability. He has, like I, I, I what I used to say on some of the posts is, He's better than Zoe. You know, sorry, but he is. Sure, that's fine. Better point guard. Guard. Look, I say, like, he he has what Zoe needs. I'd say he's a better scorer than Zoe. Zoe is the distributor. If you see his passing, he passes better than Zoe. Oh, better? You think better than Zoe? Okay, Zoe passes. Mm -hmm. He creates better. The, The flashiness, the... He tries stuff Zoe just would never try. Throwing the ball behind the back, wrapping it between his legs. I mean, throwing the ball off the backboard to a lob. I mean, he does what you like. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You said his personality. Zoe is like the, the point A to point B guy. Yeah, you know. Bread that, and butter where, where Zoe is Mello safe. is going to be more that creative. Zoe is safe. You know, Zoe is a safe player. You yeah. know, you want, you want a steady guy who's never going to make a mistake. You got Zoe. You got a guy who's... Who's going to average, you know, 11 assists, maybe five turnovers, maybe 30 assists? That's him. 30 assists. No, you, you, uh, he, yeah. the way he plays, he's, he might get yeah. you 20 assists. He might get you 10 turnovers, but yeah. that's his style. Yeah, I live with that. And that's what that's that's the type that will be picked high. 
in the draft. Um, but this move back to high school in, in the States at the Spire Academy, Spire Institute uh, in Ohio, is going to help his ranking, is going to help his stock to go to the next level. Like, clearly that is the move that he's making here. Yeah, I don't know, you know, much about the, the high school in Ohio. I don't know why the hell he's going all the way. Well, you got Ohio. that kid that uh, got popsicle stick with arms and legs, that seven foot seven <laughs> kid. <laughs> it's, it's, it looks like the things outside of a car dealership. Mellowing Mello ain't giving him the ball. Why not? He just, yeah. He's above the rim on Mello, his wingspan alone. Mello is a scorer. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And he's going to always be one. Um, but he'll find creative ways to work with this giant. It's just, it's just trying to figure out his next step, you know. Um, I don't think he wanted to go to overseas anymore. Um, you know, that's for a young kid. That's kind of too much. Um, the JBL is over, you know, so now he has to play somewhere, you know. So the fact that he got back in high school, I'm pretty sure he's going to average 35, probably lead the nation to score. You know, he's going to be there. Um, and then after this year, he's going to have to find something else to do. Well, he could be. The guy that they build this G League rule. Uh, Lavar's not putting his son in G League. <laughs> Lavar is not putting his son in G League. Um, I mean, can he enter the draft next summer? Yeah. No, not next summer because he's only seventeen, right? Yeah, but so yeah. Oh yeah, he'd be he still. Yeah. Wait, he just turned seventeen, right? Or is he eighteen Shit. yet? No, I think he's yeah, he's seventeen. Yeah, he's seventeen. Yep. Yeah, he's 17. So he'll be 18 in August. Yeah, so the draft is already before his 18th birthday. Right. Um, that, that, see, that's the problem with him is he he has too much talent and too young and don't know where to put it. <laughs> oh, man, that's he a can't problem go, to have. Because he can't go to college. His college, his college is over. Um, so basically it's play this year in high school, let everybody see – I am the real deal. And then after that, we got to see what LeVar's going to do. And then at some point, 2020 into the draft. Yeah, LeVar's been very quiet lately. That's a good thing. <laughs> I think so. Uh, well, I, no, it's just, I mean, with, with Lonzo and LeBron, that whole thing. I think, I think, I think because of he needed, they needed the hype last year. And I thought it was, it was perfect form. Um, For Zoe's sake, I think Var needs to come back. Oh, for is I thought mm, I thought he kind of hurt him, and I think having LeBron around could be a presence better suited to help his have pro you seen, future. Have you seen um, Zoe lately? He like needs, I saw when he was. Uh, he needs his father. <laughs> he needs the. Well, hype his father's machine. there, but he, I mean, he needs. He's busy. That. He's a reality star. He's got you but know. Find some work for. Uh, Leangelo and the, he's got the, the, the mellow in high school. He's, is, got a, he's got a he's busy guy. Lavar is Zoe's confidence. Yeah, but Zoe made it. Yeah, but you're not playing. He's, a, he's an you're, adult. You're not. You're not he's a pro. You're not playing well. Mm-hmm. You're not playing good. You played well when your daddy hyped you up. We need the hype machine back. I, we just need it back because personally, it was like. Little penny to penny hardaway. <laughs> you know, you need that you need that fuel because I'm looking at Zoe right now. More because of the way he's they're playing him. Um he's more of a shooting guard now than he is a point guard, and that kinda that kinda is hurting. It's hurting him and you know, um Rondo. Rondo fits better with the starting unit. 
bring Enzo off the bench to make him run that second unit and play that fast style that he likes to play is better on a second unit. The fact that he has to give the ball up and he has to sit in the corner and shoot threes, you took away his game. Now you hurt Rondo because Rondo fits better with pros. He's playing the two right. as a starter. And he's shooting threes, and that's basically all he's doing. Mm-hmm. Sitting there, catching, shooting threes. That's not his skill level. So the fact that you have him at the starting lineup, you hurt Zoe. Rondo's coming off the bench. You hurt Rondo. Flip-flop him, play them both at what they excel at. Rondo with the veteran unit, he was averaging 13 and 10. Zoe coming off the bench, he excelling. Now that you, you, you have them flip-flop where they're both falling off, now you wonder why your team is struggling. So is that on LeBron to take Zoander's wing or Rondo? Um, Rondo. He's more Rondo than he is LeBron. He needs to watch what Rondo does. But, you know, at the end of the day, he is what he is. He's more of a he's more of a passer than a creator. You know, um, Rondo is a creator. So when Rondo gets the ball, because he can't shoot, he doesn't settle for the three. He's going to drive in, get in. He creates opportunities in the half court. Zoe, is, he creates opportunities in a fast break. So when that half court shrinks, Zoe becomes a three-point shooter. Rondo becomes, I need to get into these crevices and pass the ball. So the fact that, you know, you have Ron, you have Zoe out there just chucking threes up, like 70% of his shots this year, threes. That's how he ended last year when um, IT was playing. He became the, the shooting guard, mm-hmm. you know, in a sense. And you're hurting his game by doing that. And bringing it back to college versus the pros and, like, these Duke kids. And with Zoe, we saw at UCLA what kind of player he is when he's at his best, when he's unleashed. <laughs> he was a shooting guard in college, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it, it's getting him back to where he's comfortable um, and what they drafted him to be. But also to know that when you play in the NBA, you're playing with grown men in pros, and it's not going to be what it was in college. You know, it, it's actually to think about it. When you sit here and think about it, in high school, LaMelo, their senior year, LaMelo was the point guard. Zoe was the shooting guard. UCLA, the coach's son was the point guard. Zoe was the shooting guard, but he made passes mm-hmm. as a point because he has the vision. He excels better when he's – he shoots better when he's spot shooting as oh, a two guard. Yeah. As a coach, you need to, you need, you need to actually look at that. And I wonder if that's what Magic him. yelled at Luke about. Or Luke knows that and magic. I think I mean if you're for if you're forced to play a person like you know, you know, as a coach, sometimes from the upper board, you're you're forced to play people yep. how you play them. You know, and that's the bad part about coaching is that the person upstairs makes the decision on your team as a coach. So it kinda kinda puts your handicap a little bit. Politics, man. I mean, they got Tyson Chandler. I heard uh, J.R. Smith is trying to come. So we'll see what happens with this team in the next 20 games. Oh, for sure they're going to get other guys. Yeah. They're not done. But it's a process. Yeah, everything's a process. Just a process. I mean, you, you know, you know, I didn't expect them to start off great anyway. You know, you got too many new pieces. People in L.A. definitely hype things up. They wanted the best. But it's uh, – what are they uh, – around 500 now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, they're be. fine. 
they're 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 fine. They're gonna be fine once they hit their stride. I remember, what's what's the number if they hit? A, I remember wins forty five. Nah, they be they at least hit fifty. Yeah, okay. probably. I mean, when LeBron was in Cleveland, I mean, uh, when he got to Miami that first year, all new players. They started off eight and eight. Yeah, I mean, twenty two game winning streak after right, that. right. They, so, you know, they had the talent and the experience to. Well, I mean, but that's what I'm saying. It's just this team is kind of like if you look at all the teams right now. Think about all the teams in NBA right now Mm -hmm. that are struggling. Mm -hmm. It's early. They're struggling because all the new pieces. Yep. You know, you got Houston. Yep. You got um, Wizards. Wizards. They shouldn't be struggling though. They shouldn't have been. (laughs) They only added one one new piece. Okay, but Um, you got Boston. Mm, They're not struggling. They're underachieving right now. They're right at 500. I mean, you. I don't think. They're worried. I don't think anybody in Boston's worried about them. They're Who? just the Celtics. I don't think anybody in Boston is worried about the Celtics. Not they, they should be. Hmm. They should be because exactly what I said was going to happen happened. Terry, you cannot rewind him back. Mm-hmm. He was a star last year. Mm-hmm. He held that team down. He averaged as a starter about twenty-one. Kyrie averaged twenty-four. And who's all the trade talk about but, right now? But that's what I'm saying. As a, as an organization, you really have to sit here and think about this move. I think they know that. Oh, what are you saying to to not trade him? Not I, he averaged 21 and six, yeah. 21 and seven as a starter. Kyrie averaged 24 and five. Is Kyrie 200 million dollars better? Or because you gotta well, remember, you know what? This this here's what we're gonna find out. If they move him, if if they don't move him, they know Kyrie might be out. If they hang on to him, they ignore all offers. But no matter again, what they get. if I'm making a decision, if I have to trade someone, twenty one and six, am I gonna get back what he's really worth? No, not at all. You trade Kyrie, you're going to get back a superstar. Mm. So that's what I'm saying. But will Kyrie sign there or is he one of I don't, leave? as an organization, think about what I'm saying. I don't care. I'm thinking. I would. You're three, you're three points and two cis worse than this backup guard. But let's say you trade uh, <laughs> Rozier. You're going to get. And then a, Kyrie is gone this summer. Yeah, nothing. What I'm thinking is that if I'm going to keep Rozier, that means I don't want Kyrie anymore. If I try to trade Terry, I'm not going to get superstar value for him because he doesn't have the name. So me trading him, I'm losing here. Well, if I trade Kyrie, I can get back a stud. Well, at the guard position, all I need is a solid player. I get back Anthony Davis for Kyrie and I have Terry, I win. Well, if I keep Tyree and I trade him and I get back... Fucking Luau Dang, I lose. That's a bad trade. Yeah, I think Danny Ainge is more of a, a maverick. Than so it, it depends because you got to remember, right now they proved last year that they don't need Kyrie or Haywood. So if you can get rid of both of them and bring back the value that their names bring, you're better off than letting Brown and Terry go for nobody. That's just me personally. We'll find out. I mean, but right now they should be worried because now you have one one guy is unhappy, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be another one. <laughs> because you got to remember, once they tasted, once they tasted that filet mignon, baby, they can't go back to they can't go back to ha- hamburger helper. She 
you start to me, and then you start to see what the day is coming up with must be personally. She has thought to me, and then you start to see what the day is coming up with must be personally. She has thought to me, and then you start to see what the day is coming up with must be personally.